today, I'm joined by Midnight Mike, Mike Doherty of the Minnesota Department of Transportation. How's it going, Mike? Good morning. Yeah, good. Uh, happy start of June. I guess we're a few days into it, but yeah. So, well, we keep thinking summer is here, but the yeah, promise of summer is here. We felt a taste of it yes. for the holiday weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got a little bit of that before all the, the storms kicked in and stuff. And yeah, and but yeah, we'll take it. Hopefully, yeah, more to come. It should. So thinking of those storms that hit last weekend, did they affect any of the projects going on in southeastern Minnesota? Any damage? No, just sort of the minimal disruption. You know, they'll they'll have to, in some places, you know, pump water out, get water removed. There may have been some traffic you know, barrels and things like that blown over, things like that. So, um, but nothing real substantial or anything that would set things back, but just, and they, they tend to build that into their contracts when they look at weather patterns that there will traditionally be a certain number of days lost to weather or just recovering sure. from weather. Yeah. Well, speaking of construction zones, last Friday at the very, very beginning of the Memorial Day holiday weekend travel period, mm -hmm. we experienced a crash that completely disrupted traffic on 52 in the construction zone, right? It happened right up there by Zambroda. Yeah, just, just north of the bridges there um, that we're replacing. Um, yeah, and it sounds like from the state patrol report, you know, someone tried to make a U-turn, um, you know, and I don't know, I haven't read, you know, what, what, you know, prompted them to want to do that at that point. But, you know, there are, I think that's the big lesson there is just um, while you might have missed a turn or it's something isn't convenient, depending on what, why you need to turn around or do something, you know, just it's better to go through that construction zone and look for an option to pull off or make a U-turn where it's, it's like there is a U-turn spot designated just south of there um for folks um to go from if you're going south and you want to go back north um typically it was for to exit onto highway 60 east uh but you know highway 60 east is is closed now and <laughs> so that's not but you know there that's the thing to remember is just you know it may be um a few miles of inconvenience or but just really trying to do something abrupt within that work zone can really, you know, have tragic consequences. And, and thankfully, from the reports I read, at least, um, there were no serious injuries uh, in this crash on Friday. But obviously, um, you know, two people, I think, were taken for medical observation, at least in evaluation. And then I was one of those folks that was caught in that. Oh, traffic. really? Yeah, we were heading up. Uh, my stepdaughter had a, a soccer tournament up in the cities. And so we were heading up to the in-laws to stay in. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, I saw the warnings and that's a good thing is if they're like in that work zone, there are those digital message signs back further. And it did say, you know, road closed ahead, crash or something to that effect. It told you ahead of time. So, you know, that's the thing is if you see some of those warnings start to slow down um, because, you know, as, as we did it, you know, you came over um, the hill coming out of Pine Island there and then we could see ahead traffic was starting to back up as they were trying to either turn right or turn left. State Patrol was moving them both directions, but then it was this string of vehicles on dirt roads. Um, and a lot of those those detours are put together, you know, quickly because 
you know, we don't have people waiting out there to block roads and tell you to stay on this road. Um, you know, when it happens, obviously it was a Friday. Um, luckily, on these holidays, like this, MnDOT will um, ask that work cease at noon. So, um, you know, thankfully workers weren't, you know, in those areas at the time. But suddenly a lot of people's plans changed. Emergency responders had to get there. You know, it took a while. It was a semi. You know, those things are hard to get upright and towed and moved. And um, so, yeah, it just, um, you know, just remember, just, you know, stay calm if you are in the work zone and it's not where you want to be. Just flow through at the at the posted speed and then look for a, an exit or an outlet. And that that'll be a place where you can stop off, get your bearings or figure out how you need to go where you want to go rather than try to do something abrupt in there. Um, and chances are it can end, you know, in a in a in a crash or something worse. So this is a question I'm not even sure you can answer regarding this specific incident or similar incidents. So when the state patrol closes off the highway for a crash, they choose a place where obviously there's an intersection. If what if you already passed that intersection and you're stuck in no man's land? That's where the Mike Doherty rule is to make sure your gas tank's at least half full. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but I think eventually if they're able to like we'll see that more on interstate crashes yes where where there are really no at great accesses so there you might get stuck in just idling and until they can maybe try to get traffic turned around but usually the way it it happens is it gets bunched up um there as people waiting and they fill both lanes or because somebody thinks that they can get through and then it's stopped so it's you know it's hard to pull apart that in if there is maybe a median turnaround, that might be where they would route people. But it's also important, you know, to be careful and and maybe wait for the direction of the emergency responders because they, you know, sometimes we start seeing people just peeling off and doing things. And if it oncoming traffic hasn't been blocked yet, in this case, I think it was, but sometimes, you know, it'll be just over in two lanes going one direction, but the other ones are coming through. Right. So that can create, you know, just a, a secondary crash. And sometimes we do see that where, you know, there are rear ends of people, you know, crashing because of that. And so, um, yeah, and you were approaching a work zone. So that that's the big thing, I think, is just once you see those first warning signs, just start to slow down and, and see, you know, you'll get the next sign a short distance ahead that tells you a little more what's going on. But there's that first one, you know, road work ahead. That's your your signal. Something's going to change. Have you heard anything out there from the crews? Are people slowing down? Are they are they doing better than they have in the past? Or are we still dealing with people roaring through work zones? I think it's mixed. Um, my my experiences going through there, like last weekend and a few other times, is people are, it's, it's 55 through at least that northern part. Um, I don't recall like that southern part south of Zambroda, but people seem to be right at that 55 you know, maybe 60. So they're, they're watching. Um, they seem to be watching there. I do know we also have the option in some cases for some enhanced enforcement that they call it so that we can actually have a state trooper uh, that's out there. And so that, that sometimes speaks to people's um, interest in following the speed limits and, and things like that. So, um, and they're just out there to keep, make sure people stay safe. So um, I think overall, I think early on there was always some adjustment, you know, and I think there were some concerns occasionally 
Um, I don't think we've had any wrong way drivers recently, but occasionally the, there will be a report of somebody like that, um, you know, and, and luckily they get, they realize it's, you know, hopefully at some point and find a way to get off or over the shoulder. Um, but that is, that is always a concern. And that's how they set up the work zones is really to guard against that human error. Right. Um, but occasionally, you know, somebody figures out a way to, to mess it up. That's one of my worst nightmares is encountering the wrong way driver. That has got to be a scary situation when you yeah. come upon it and it's a surprise. And especially at highway speeds where um, if they're not fully aware, we when I was out getting some pictures, um, what was it last week when we changed the census signs, um, I was following our sign guy um, in Byron and we were kind of between the two traffic signals. So luckily, you know, traffic going west, we, which we were, wasn't going you know too fast because we were coming up to the signal but somebody um by that quick trip there turned to go east towards rochester and turned into the westbound lanes and was coming at us and i saw it way up there so i moved over and i flashed my lights and honked and and then but i was i didn't want to have a head on and the driver just continued by but luckily you know they weren't going at a they weren't going at full highway speed and people i think at some point you know i called state patrol and by the i think they did get over onto the at the next signal get over and off but yeah it was a little alarming because you're afraid yeah i mean if if there wasn't something stopping traffic you know people would be coming there at much higher rate of speed and whether they recognize you know up ahead that oh yeah so yeah it's it's one of those dangers and it's just you know you try to that's the thing is just pay attention you know that's another reason to to pay attention as a driver and give your full attention to the road it's serious business when you're out there and yeah people should treat it seriously we're talking about the uh, work construction zones and one of the behaviors that mindot state patrol and others <laughs> have been trying for quite a long time to get minnesotans yes. to adopt is the zipper merge and we uh I've been witness to it. We're still having troubles with that. It is. It's tough to get people to adjust to it, I think. And I think in part because they see, you know, if if you look at the logic of it, if you fill up those two lanes and then take turns at the merge point, that should be more efficient. It's safer because you don't have one single long line of traffic backing up, you know, over overly where people don't right. anticipate it. Um, and so I've seen it where it works well, but it, if you're in that right lane or the lane that's really backed up, people get a little angry and and upset because they see these other people just as though they're they're cutting into line or something right. like that. Where well, that is your primal instinct is yes, hey, yeah, that's not right. Yeah, whether you're waiting to go into a restaurant, a movie, or whatever, you know, and you see somebody just hustle up and then pop in, you know, there's you do have that urge to intervene and and that's we don't want people doing that there but you know it's it's safer it's more efficient and you will see that on that highway 52 project um it doesn't say zipper merge i did have somebody contact and say well why don't you have signs out there that say zipper merge and i said well you know that doesn't always mean something to people but you'll see it'll say use both lanes or use two lanes when back when traffic is backed up and that's that's kind of your signal is you don't have to use it if if a traffic is light you know you can you can stay in the right and just head on through the merge point. But 
if it is heavier, and that's where you'll see it is on these heavy traffic places. Right. So 52, I-35, you'll see it. We've got it over on Highway 61 as you come into Winona um, there. And, you know, it's mixed. I mean, we have people contact and saying, I love the zipper merge. Why don't more people do it? And say, yay, you're on our side. But others just really, it just doesn't speak to them, I guess. Um, but we're hopeful. I mean, because it, it can prevent those rear end crashes, you know, from somebody sitting there and somebody going highway speed. Do you know how long ago it was that we started talking about zipper merge in the state of Minnesota? I'd have I, think to I think it's 15 years. I, I would guess so. It 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 precedes my time at MnDOT. So in in my newspaper days, I do remember hearing about it, reading about it. So <laughs> yeah, I would say that that seems like a pretty in the ballpark, you know, time frame. All right. Well, if you haven't tried it, try it. It actually does work. Yes. <laughs> All right. We're we're chatting today with MnDOT Mike Mike Doherty from the Minnesota Department of Transportation. We'll take a quick break and return. With more on Rochester Today on Rochester's News Talk, 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. What's all the buzz about cleaning your nose, nasal hygiene? I'm Mike, Mike Doherty, Minnesota Department of Transportation. I'm Andy Brownell. It's Rochester Today on News Talk, 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. So, what, a couple weeks now, you have another open house? This is a big part of your job, isn't it, going to these open houses? It is. It's, you know, I've got a variety of slices in the pie and and this is one of them, um, you know, and we're kind of excited again because um, it's the I-90 Highway 52 uh, project um, that's out there in 23, 24, I believe, or 24, 25. Um, I can double check, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, we're gonna, we, the last time we met on this project, it was um, virtually and we had really good turnout. Um, lots of people were interested in it and had questions, and they've now been able to go and do more design work. And now it's just sort of bringing back, um, you know, kind of the the latest updates of it. And yeah, it's I misspoke. It's twenty four and twenty five. So twenty twenty four and twenty twenty five. Okay, so two years. Yeah, yeah. But um, so we had this virtual open house, and it was good feedback, good discussion. Um, now we've got a. Uh, an in-person open house scheduled uh, June 22nd from 3.30 to 5.30, and it'll be at the Marion Road Christian Church. So it's, as you go out on Highway 52, it's the it's the last exit before you get, if you're going south on 52 out of Rochester, it's the last exit before you get to the I-90 um, interchange there. So, and there, I think it's a good chance for people just to see, we'll have some displays. Um, our project engineer will talk a bit about you know what's happening, what they've done, um, looking at some of the safety aspects. So it's a, I think the biggest piece is it was originally just going to be replacing the bridges or doing some kind of work on the bridges of, of I-90 that go over Highway 52. Um, and as we looked and, and looked for more funding, uh, we saw, you know, there's definitely some safety needs and some, you know, the way traffic moves through there. And they came up with a uh, sort of a flyover ramp that that goes under um, the bridges um, at I-90. So as you're going southbound on 52, one of the largest traffic movements is from southbound 52 to eastbound I-90. And there, right now, you're 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 coming. You you have to stop and and make a turn. A left, left. turn against yeah. high speed traffic. Yeah, as traffic's coming north on Highway 52 from the Chatfield area, just out of Marion there, um, 
And so that that is a risk point. So this one would take a large percentage of the traffic and lift it over. Um, so there still would be some left turns for people either, you know, that are coming off I-90 um, from like west, if they were eastbound and, and then come off and they wanted to go south. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, but that's a real small, small percentage of people that do that turn during a day, um, as well as I guess it'd be the folks that also come off westbound I-90 and maybe want to go southbound. But we're going to do some work on the ramps. So, and then that other big, big traffic area is the westbound to I-90 to northbound Highway 52. It's got a curved ramp and then you, you transition in. Um, they're going to work. There's a little some angle there that they can improve. So it's a it's a much smoother transition uh, to get into traffic. So it it'll be a two year project. Um, it'll be a significant safety improvement. And it's just a chance, you know, June 22nd for people to come out and talk about it. If they're not able to attend, we do post all of that information online and alert people that it's there via our, our email updates that people can sign up at that website. So I can see depictions of all the different displays that will be put up, the drawings and that sort of thing? Yeah, they'll show some of the ramp maneuvers. Um, I think there's going to be one that maybe shows um, some of the turn movements, like like percentage-wise, because some people were like, well, you didn't reduce all, you didn't get rid of all the left turns. And we're like, yes, that's correct. But the vast majority, like, you know, very significant percentage will not be happening now with, well, once that construction is is done, because of all those folks that want to go back, um, you know, the two largest, that's where the biggest volume is. It's people, exactly. you know, typically in the morning coming into Rochester and then in the evening, you know, leaving Rochester and heading to, to parts east, you know, whether it's Winona or Yoda or um, Lewiston, you know, those places. Um, so that's the real significant traffic. So there still will be some, but, you know, if we're lifting most of those off, that potential for conflict is is vastly reduced. Yeah, and um, otherwise you'd have a true spaghetti junction there. Yeah. You'll have yeah. a miniature spaghetti junction, but otherwise it would have been one of the more expensive projects we've seen in the theory if you tried to do the whole thing as elevated ramps. Right, yeah, and at this point alone, it's estimated at 25 million, so that would just escalate things. And that's what MnDOT does, is they look at, you know, they wanna look at safety. What are the safety options? And then what are what they progressively move up, you know, what's what's inexpensive or what's quick, you know, what can we do? Um, and then you just look at the traffic volumes too, like how are it's sort of a return on investment, so to speak. Um, but you know, where where do you put the the most the money to you know get the greatest risk reduction? Um, but you can't do every single thing as much as we'd like. So this one funding is secured and it's on the calendar? Yep, yep. So wow. yeah. So it'll be, and that'll be disruptive for folks that do use that intersection. Um, more so on I-90, it'll be kind of, you know, because they'll do one bridge at a time, but then they'll also be building that. And for the most part, they've got traffic coming through, but there will be some detours that that will arise because of the construction work. But obviously, as we get closer, then we'll have a better sense of of what those detours will be and, and the timing on them. So, you know, and it, I mean, it's good to know, but at the same time, you're not going to be able to change things you you don't need to change your route now, but the closer <laughs> we get, so I think that's the thing. Put it in the back of your mind that a couple of years from now it's going to be a major pain in the neck. Yeah, just keep your radar <laughs> up and, and be alert for it; it'll be coming. 
because uh, I'm visualizing when you build that fly ramp from South 52 to 90, where the existing, it's going to have to compromise that existing entrance ramp to 90. Yeah. I'm yeah. trying to figure out how you're going to deal with that. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. The good thing is it's not too far down, but, you know, there's an exit down. I guess it would be at at the at Iota, um, where you can get south. There's a good county road, Homestead County Road, that you can take south. Because <laughs> we did use that when we we paved out of Chatfield and we had all the culvert. It's funny, like over the years now, I start to go, oh, well, we've got a good detour route. Yeah. This, you know, he's already mapping to, it out. Yeah, yeah, but it is okay. interesting. I mean, and it's yeah, it'll it'll change people's commutes and and we'll see you know what commutes are like anyway. You know. Will people still be working from home as predominantly as as they are now, you know, three years from now? Yeah. So we should we saw, shall see. Yeah, we are in that kind of a unpredictable future phase where things are in flux all over the place for the entire society. Interesting. Okay, so that is on the twenty second. If you're interested in going, an open house, and uh, we'll return uh, in a moment. We have to take a break for news, but back after the news break with. Mike Doherty from the Minnesota Department of Transportation. MnDOT Mike on Rochester Today here at News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Friday morning with Mike Doherty. MnDOT Mike from the Minnesota Department of Transportation. I'm Andy Brownell here on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Mike, earlier in the hour, you mentioned that you were out taking photos when the crews were updating the census signs, <laughs> which is an ongoing process. Yes. Um, it's it's i guess maybe i've been uh, around long enough to see a few of these updates take place but it's it's a, a little bit amusing to me i think maybe or interesting to me that it's it it is something people really key in on they're really they can't wait for it to happen and then when it does happen they, it's it gets a lot of hoopla <laughs> yeah i don't know if it, it sort of if you live in that community if it validates it um my my in-laws were down um, earlier this week, and they'd noted it, and you know, or oh, what was the old number? Yeah. What's the new number? And, right. And I, I haven't had time yet, but I'm kind of curious, like when that became the custom, is to post the population. I mean, it's in some ways, it's sort of I can see how it was viewed as helpful information. If it's if it's real populous, there's a likelihood that there are you know multiple services, you know, gas, hotel, you know, whatever restaurant. But um, it, it's like you said, it's sort of um, a sense of pride, a sense of validation, like, you know, especially as we see it, at least in southeastern Minnesota, you know, the large number of communities that that saw populations increase. Right. Um, if it's so, going down, you might not celebrate. Right. It. Yeah. Then you're kind of like, hmm, you know, better have a, you know, call the meeting of the minds of the community together. to, What do we do about this? But, yeah, for the most part, and I it was before I was at MnDOT, but I remember, you know, that was an issue. um out in Byron was, you know, as certain funding things are registered, you know, it's like cities of 5,000 or more. And at the time they were just below, I, it was just, you know, a matter of however many people, but it was kind of one of those, like any rule, like somewhere somebody had to say, as of this date or using the U.S. census, you know, this is what, how you are distinguished, even though the next one's 10 years and you could have, you know, amazing growth or even just surpass it. Right. You know, the next year, you're kind of stuck, <laughs> you know. So, you know, there are things that deal with it. But, yeah, it's and it's just I think for our point, too, is just noting that all this all the work that goes into maintaining those signs that, 
you know, somebody has to go out and it was 209 signs across 11 counties that had to be updated. And, um, you know, it just takes somebody out there and just, they have to be out on the highway exposed to traffic. You know, it's, it all, they don't just magically appear. So it's, you know, kind of hope that folks recognize that, you know, there's effort that goes into it and it's, it's kind of fun, but it's, it's also somebody's job each day to, to do that. Okay. So is it, is it just a sticker that gets put on there that covers the old one or do you have to bolt something in place yeah, or they, they put a couple, was it, I think they put three rivets in, if I recall watching. Um, so yeah, it's just like a, they call it an overlay, but it's a, it's a piece of metal and it's imprinted and it's got the reflective, you know, qualities to it. And they would just, you know, it was interesting, you know, he'd get the level up and everything. <laughs> Cause that's why I told him, I said, that would not be a good job for Mike Doherty because I yeah. I seem to put up always just has a slight tilt and I don't know if it's my eyes or my brain or what but It'd be a traffic hazard everybody going by and looking at it going isn't that a little yeah, kind of tilted and but no they they so they do that and and you know drill the holes and pop the rivets in um, and it's good to go and I think there were like I don't know where they were located but there were three signs bigger signs that had to be replaced out of the total. Um, I don't know if they were just worn or faded or whatever, um, or maybe it was a new location that they had to put up. Uh, but yeah, most of it was just the overlay. So it's it's relatively quick work, but you still have to get the, you know, because you drive by the signs and it just seems like they're these small, quaint little things that sit low to the ground, but they're up pretty high. And and so they've got to pull off over, you know, on the, the ditch area and it's tilted. And they're all tilted. And- yeah, so... There, I was interesting just watching and talking to our guy that was doing it. I was like, I'm glad you're there and you're trained for it because <laughs> I would not be as efficient and perhaps as safe as he was. It's probably not his favorite day of the year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as long as the weather's good. You know, the side oh, folks. Okay. Here's a stupid question for you. And I'm kind of joking when I ask it because I'm envisioning many Minnesota license plates with. 25 different year stickers stacked upon each other. Do they remove the old sign, the old overlay, and then put a new one, or do they just stack them on top of each other? Yeah, I think the, at least the ones I saw so far just had like the, it was flat signs. So there wasn't an overlay. So I don't know for, I don't know. So for, and I, I would think maybe the cycle for replacement of those signs might, might go along okay. so that they have a certain number of years that a sign is typically and if you look at it you know it's sort of a trivia and it's not safe as a driver but on the back of each sign is a sticker and it's color coded it's kind of like what we have on our license plate but it has a year that that sign was put up so that they you know they have it in inventory they know but then they can also look if something you know if the sign isn't wearing well or something like that um when they go out there you know because i that might be something they could always look up, but I mean, they've got hundreds of, I would guess thousands of signs. Thousands, in, yeah. Yeah. Across our 11 county districts. So, you know, to keep track of that, that's one of the ways it's, they've got a sticker on it that just tells them what year it was made and put up. And so that helps when they, they come through and do some replacement based on, you know, the number of years it's been out there. Um, so that helps as well. The logistics of the uh, Minnesota Department of Transportation were seen behind the curtain here. Yeah, we should have the levers behind the curtain. Well, do you ever see a budget? Is it, how much does it cost each year to replace and maintain signs? Do you have any idea? I don't know. For this effort, um, I just saw one side of the district, and they 
they didn't have all the information, but they were estimating at least half of our district. Um, it was around three thousand, you know, between the materials and and okay. So it wasn't it wasn't a significant Huge. effort, but yeah. But you look at day in day out. That's what a lot of their work. The sign shop folks are either um, replacing ones that are you know cycled to be replaced out. Um, they're replacing ones that were damaged or you know what a run over. Um, those sorts of things or installing new things and then they get called in sometimes on emergency you know if there's like a flood or something where traffic is going to be stopped they come down and put up the barricades and all the signs um so they kind of live a a varied you know work week you know it's sort of what they have planned right you don't have planned but is planned for you and then the emergency, <laughs> you know things so um have you ever heard any um, major typos on signs that people have caught after the signs are erected? The only thing I've seen, um, and it was it was one of the contractors, but it was on Highway 14 we had going, um, and when we put up the new um, extension uh, between Dodge Center and, and Owatonna, there was a sign, there are several signs, but there, there were like three signs for Claremont, and only one... And it was some sort of adhesive sticker, but they spelled it out and they they reversed um, uh, the N. So it was instead of Claremont, it was Claremont. Um, <laughs> and on one, I don't know, you know, it was like, how does it, you know, you spelled the first two right. How did you not? But somebody, point, you know, thankfully yeah. the observant public saw it, posted it all over Facebook. Um mocked and ridiculed us and then somebody went out there and put a, a new adhesive sticker on that corrected it and and everyone then you know knew that they could correctly pull over at claremont instead of claremont and well, so you know yeah <laughs> everybody's ready to correct you mike that's for sure well, and overall i i'm good with that i i think that's good because we don't have enough people to be everywhere all the time to see things so that's what i tell them you know sometimes they do it in sort of a perhaps harsh or, or <laughs> brusque or colorful language way. But um, the, I always take the, the point that, you know, they, they see something and they think it should be corrected rather than take too many slings and arrows. I think, I think you need to go to the state legislature and get additional funding to hire a proofreader for the science. There you go. <laughs> well, somebody I'm, should exist. I'm joking. Now. I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take a quick break. And we'll return with more of Mindot Mike, Mike Doherty with the Minnesota Department of Transportation on Rochester Today. News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. This is the Family Service Rochester Mental Health Day. I'm Andy Brownell with Mike Doherty, Minnesota Department of Transportation on Rochester Today. I already said that, didn't I? Yeah. News Talk 1340, <laughs> KROC AM and 96.9 FM. It's nearing the end of the week, Mike. Yes. And uh, losing yeah. focus, I think. Yep. That's so it's me seeing as it's the weekend, people are going to hit the road over the weekend. Always good advice, right? Check out that app. I know that app was up to date right away last Friday when that crash occurred on 52. There was a lot of very valuable information being shared in real time on that thing because yeah, I was checking it. <laughs> good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is. And that's, that's the thing is I always try to make a point of, you know, just, just before I get behind the wheel or hop in the passenger seat is just looking and seeing where we're going. Just has anything happened? Cause it'll have the construction projects marked on there already. And that's good. You know, so you can see 
what's ahead. You know, am I on a detour? Is it single lane? Um, if it's single lane on a Friday afternoon or evening, that might mean slower traffic. And then obviously if there's a, a crash that occurs, it's marked on there and you get that. And if it's stop traffic, you know, if it's, you know, the it's big, you know, the big red, big red yes. circle with a slash in it. Yes. Yeah. And that's like, yikes, you know, then, then, you know, you can, and if you've, if you're just getting ready to go, you can take a quick look and see, is there a better route for me to go? Um, you know, or am I going to chance it? And by the time I get there, do I hope that it's cleared? And, um, but yeah, I think that's really the good thing is just kind of preparing yourself to know what you're going to see, you know, and they, we have a lot of options on there. Like you can put traffics, you can click on this traffic speeds option and look, you know, and it's like on Google maps too, where it's, you know, red is like basically traffic's slower at a standstill. And then it graduates up, you know, there from, you know, orange, yellow, uh, green, kind of the traffic speed. So you can see even on those work zones, you know, is traffic really slowing down through those places or is it flowing at a, you know, okay, agreeable speed that, that you can get through there. So I think that's huge in the summer. You know, additionally, when we see some of this crazy weather pop up as well, you can put weather warnings. You can click on that filter as well. So you can see, you know, it does an overlay that shows where, like, there if there's a tornado warning or something like that, where that exists, you know, if is that on your driving route? It's something to 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 just be aware of, you know, because once you're out on the road, you know, it's your your chances for finding shelter, you know, are significantly dropped. You know, is that something you take a look at? Um, traffic cameras too. Um, I know there was there was one up there at that crash we talked about on 52. It was tough to kind of see because it was sort of looking through either some wires or something so it wasn't clear but you could see what was happening you could look back on a couple others and say wow that traffic's backed up up. (laughs) you know and that's good in the summer um you know and obviously in the winter it it provides you with a lot of good visual and information uh so you know I, i call it you know it's the app for all seasons really um it just works well because i think each of us as drivers use information differently or it affects, you know, we, we know, Oh, I'm a good driver. I do this or my vehicle's that, or, Oh, you know, my, I better gas up. I don't think I'm going to get to, to, you know, Zumbrota to gas up in time. And if I'm sitting there idling in traffic, waiting to turn on a dirt road, that's oh. not going to be good. No, uh, You know, that wouldn't be my, my threshold of risk is, is kind of low on that. So. Well, the other aspect I was going to, say to make it worth your time to check uh mn511 is that i know google maps and some of the other gps type things that are used in vehicles they're not necessarily up to date on some of these road projects as i ran into that personally and just right a month yeah. or so ago yep. when 55 yeah. yeah yeah no you're you're right they do eventually transition over but especially early on they don't and they don't always come up with the best um detours you know they look at roads and they they'll look at some of the traffic but sometimes you know people are going on some you know really lower use you know dirt roads so it's it's like well that might not be your best option but yeah that's what i always say is you know you check 511mn.org um but yeah it it doesn't always transition well at the changeover people always yell at us that google hasn't updated and said well you know they're alert to it and they <laughs> draw information but 
It's up. We don't control their maps. Put me in charge of Google. I'll take care of it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the other question I had for you is, has there been any discussion about incorporating like county highway projects into the state app I've, so people could see that as well? I've heard different things, um, but I don't know if there are any, you know, current discussions. I okay. know that's that's been something that people have brought up from time to time. And I think they've looked at it and it's, you know, sort of, I don't know what, I don't know if they're, you know, what would get folks to actively discuss and how that would all be shared. But it would be helpful because we do run into people that want to talk to us about a county road or a city, you know, road. And it's like, well, I'm sorry, but, you know, we... We work with the state highways. Um, you know, you can look at, you know, that's when you probably have to go to those private providers like the Google or the Apple Maps or whatever. And hope you know, for the best. It, yeah, they, you know, it might be updated, it might not. Um, you know, it's it's you know, they're they're cautious in terms of who can put that information in. Understandably. Yeah. So some little things, but yeah, it's it would be a benefit and a service to the public, that's for sure. Because I've run into that too, where I saw the MnDOT project and made my alternative route, my make a move route, and ran into a county project that, uh, yeah, it, a, it's, few choice, a few choice words were uttered. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we're a little blessed here, you know, with Winstead County and, and the city of Rochester. They do put out a lot of information and, you know, have maps um, so that you can be aware. But, yeah, when you're talking about traveling further afield, um, you know, finding that information on another county or a city yeah. is not always readily available, and that's a, that's a challenge. Okay, we have a few minutes left, and I know we always like to get our listeners up to date on what's happening with the highway projects that are occurring in the area. So I'm going to throw it to you, Mike. What are our, our, our updates? Well, you know, the, the, the one we've talked about a lot this, this hour, you know, is Highway 52. You know, just keep that in mind. You know, there will be those traffic restrictions on through November, and as the summer travel season kicks in, you know, really be aware that you can get some traffic slowdowns through that area. It seems to be moving relatively well, but, you know, I think we've all been through there on a, you know, Friday evening sometimes where there's just so much traffic, you know, going in one direction that it it's tough to get, you know, you really slow down and it, it raises your tension a little bit. Um, over on Highway 61 between Wabasha and Minnesota City, we're doing... Uh, some repaving there so you'll have some single lane traffic you know if you're over along the river to keep that in mind as you come over on highway 42 is say from the rochester area um, there's a detour that takes you on a county road and pops you out just kind of north of lark toys um, there so it's it's a pretty good road but just follow those the detour signs are up it's just being alert looking for that orange detour uh, sign there um, you know if you're you know it's it's kind of out on the weekend, if you're down in Bluff Country, you know, kind of in the Rushford area, if you go south, Highway 43 is detoured south of Rushford between there and in in Canton. Um, we're doing, we're replacing some culverts and then repaving the roads, so that's underway. You know, those are the big ones. If you're over in Winona, if you're coming through that intersection, um, depending on the time of day, you may see some significant slowdowns through, it's Highway 43 and Highway 61. That's the roundabouts, right? Yep. Yeah, where they're building the roundabouts. Um, there was a transition period um, last week where we switched, we took out the old signals and put in some temporary ones. And just, you know, because you can't 
pull down one and plug in the next one and synchronize it lickety split. Um, there were some significant delays and, and, and I talked to a number of people down there and I apologized. I said, you know, it was, you know, it was like 45 minutes to an hour. Some people were coming through there in the morning and it was just so bunched up. Um, it sounds like things have improved, but there's still delays, you know, as you go through, depending on typically it's that, that morning commute. Um, and then obviously the head home time in the afternoon and evening, um, right there, it's, it's, it does back up. So just be patient um, or maybe come in on Highway 14, you know, down through St. by St. Mary's there. If you want to avoid that, that's another option as well. So it's it's always good to kind of pick your options. You know, if you've got it is tricky in this in the river communities, especially where you got the bluffs and the river and railroad tracks. And so there aren't a lot of real good, viable alternate routes. And and that's what we're seeing here. But we're I think we've got things a little more synced with the temporary signals, a little more signing some pavement markings to kind of help people, you know, that might be struggling with where to, which lane to be in. So those would kind of be the big, the big ones I'd say out there. All right. Well, from what you just said, if I'm going to visit Winona, I'm taking 14 this year. I I would say, or else if you come in, you can get off, you know, at the top of the hill before you come down. Um, There's a county road that'll drop you in over right by 14 by St. Mary's there coming in on, I think it's Gilmore. Oh, Valley. sure. And, yeah. So, yeah. So you can, you can you can still do the interstate and then come in, but then it's where that you have that flashing intersection sign. Um, you hang a left and then follow it in that way too. So it's it's a little more scenic route, but it's you won't have the the traffic headaches. <laughs> You'll be relaxed and rested instead of frustrated. Yes, because it's a beautiful area. I mean, we we've got beautiful country in southeastern Minnesota, and so I'd rather you enjoy that than be frustrated sitting in traffic. Well, Mindot Mike, we've got to run. We're up against the news break. So I appreciate your time and I look forward to a, another meeting down the road here in a few weeks. Yeah, safe summer travels for everybody and, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, thank you. Mindat Mike, Mike Doherty from the Minnesota Department of Transportation with us on Rochester Today here at Rochester's News Talk. 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well,